Do I start, Joel? Just what should we start? I have a question that I would love to hear. Well, uh, should I start by, by introducing yeah, the second? Okay, yeah, definitely. Welcome to Conversation on Tap, a thoughtful podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Pull up a stool, pour a glass of tasty beer, and join us each week as we talk about all the topics that you were told not to discuss in polite company. My name is Jose. And I'm Joel. And this week, we are going to be um, interviewing one of our colleagues, Linda, who um, has retired. Um, We recorded this part after we talked to her, and so she's already retired, and we miss her immensely. Yeah, she was a force of nature at our school. El Camino, even though she was only there, there probably, what, five, ten years? I think so. And, uh, yeah, it I just mean, feels different without her. Yeah, I, I'm not in the English department anymore. Now I'm in the history department. But um, I was talking to some of the English teachers, and they were saying even the meetings are different without her. Yeah. So very frank. She's mm. English, but she's very French. For and, sure. I mean, frank by that. And would just be very honest in a really cool way. And yeah. we miss that about her. <laughs> For sure. And I, I miss the tea time with her. Oh, yeah. The British love their tea. So, um, all of her Anglicisms, like bullocks. Bullocks, yes. Yeah. I would always say to her, <laughs> well, I would call on the phone and be like, bloody hell, Linda. Yeah. Which apparently is bad. I don't yeah. know. Bullocks is bad. It's just nobody even probably cares in the United States, but it's Book horrible. Off. Yeah. So, in honor of Linda this week, I decided to pick up some Fireball. Linda loves Fireball. A few times, our colleagues would buy her those little miniature Fireball shots. Ah, uh, yes. And she would drink them. Maybe not at work. I don't want to get her in trouble. No. But, you know, at home or whatever, after school, after hours. Yeah, I even told her she should hollow out a book and just keep some Fireball. That would be a great idea. We teachers need that. Yeah, a little pick-me-up in the middle of the day. So here's a shot of Fireball in honor of Linda. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, my. Here we go. Mm. I need to drink this before going to class. I think so. Because my breath is sometimes so coffee-ish. Oh, no. This is like the old gum, Big Red. Probably still around. Big Red, yeah. Reminds me so much of that. Oh, it's so good. It burns. It burns. Oh, my gosh, it does. Cinnamon. So if you take the Angry Orchard apple, apple cider... And then mix it with the fireball. People call it Angry Balls. Oh, there we go. Right on. Angry Balls. It's a combo nice. of the Angry Orchard and Fireball. That actually sounds good because we all love like that Christmas drink mm-hmm. with cider and a lot of cinnamon in it. Yeah. What is it? Like, it's not wassail. It might be wassail. Anyway, yeah, that sounds awesome. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And now for the segment of our show that we call Fred Talks. In this segment of our show, Jose and I will each share one thing that we are passionate about for a couple minutes, though we tend to be chatterboxes, so that isn't a strict time limit. So this week, um, in this series of psychology studies that I like to discuss, I would like to discuss this very big trend in education called growth mindset. It's swept the 
nation. It was especially promoted in a book that I don't know the name of by Carol Dweck from Stanford. Oh, yeah. And it's simply the idea that students who believe that their um, intelligence and their ability to achieve in education um, is positively affected by their belief that they can change and that they're, they're not stuck in their ways. Right. Um, but recently I've been reading some articles that cast doubt on this, and this is one of the things I want to bring up is this huge um, crisis that's going on in the social sciences where studies just can't be replicated. And mm -hmm. so several studies have tried to replicate this, and it hasn't worked. And I guess the other point I want to make, and I'd love to hear your take on it, is that every so often, probably mm -hmm. on average four years, we're bombarded by a new psychological study. Right. I remember probably right when you were starting, it was the modes of learning. Like some kids yes. are musical, some kids are very tactile, some are very kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. What was that called? Was that called the modes of learning or were there the, different the ways? The modalities. Of, the modalities. Yes. yes. That was big when I was starting, yeah. And all so many of these psychological mm -hmm. studies. Just, I still do that in my class, by I, the way. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, but recently that one has also come under a lot of wow. uh, But I don't think that it means that we need to throw them out. Right. I just think that psychology, with so many different um, mm -hmm. uh, contingencies, is just so hard to replicate. And so yeah. these these studies, that one and this growth mindset studies. Um, has has not been able to be replicated in a real consistent manner, like you know you can do in the hard sciences. That's okay. That, that was be that would be my point. Would be this is not a hard science, right? It's not like well, let's just measure this, put it under a microscope. We're dealing with human beings, yeah, and so it's kind of hard to replicate this kind of a study with a different cohort, yeah, right. So even with us, when we do state testing, you know, from year to year, you can get different. Even though you're teaching the exact same curriculum, get different test scores because it's a different, it's a different group of kids. Right. They're different dynamic with that group. And then even if you could get just the most amazingly perfect um, comparative classes, mm -hmm. how do you tease out all the different vari variables? I mean, right. you just never can with human beings. And so I guess the other point... The next point that I want to bring up is that sometimes we get beat over the head by psychological studies. Are you using this? Right. You know? And I wish that more, I think that sometimes it's people in the higher-ups of education who are not in the, you know, where the rubber hits the road. Right. They are too, like, I don't know, they just buy into it too often instead of taking all these studies with a huge grain of salt. So you, that's, that's kind of the joke with teachers is, oh, great, my administrator... Read a book over the summer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or they went to like a conference over the summer. Yeah. And then that becomes like their passion. Yeah. It's even worse when it's like the superintendent read a book. Yeah. And then everyone has to go to this training. Yeah. And then do you ever feel like such a dick when you talk to these new teachers who haven't gone through all these different yes. phases and you're such a cynic and those teachers look at yes. you like such a. But you know you're going to see these studies come and go yeah. and these new forms of teaching. And it's a pendulum yeah every year every couple yeah. of years and he's like i'm so excited for this presentation it's yeah. gonna change my teaching yeah that's no, not but anyway <laughs> you probably and i i totally teach the growth mindset because is it gonna hurt them no no but i think that's the point it's that 
Growth mindset is not the silver bullet. Modalities yes. is not the silver bullet. Yes. These are tools at our yes. disposal. Yes. So anyone who approaches these things is like, this is the answer. Yes. You just, do you, can you, do you have the guts to say you're a fool? To, to buy in so no. naively to these? I, know people I never are, do either. I know people who are obsessed with What do you mindset. do when you get this true believer zealot like that? You just kind of smile and nod. Yeah, I know. It's a trip. But So what do you do in your class with growth mindset? I just basically tell them, you're not. <laughs> I don't do an activity or anything. And they say in this in one of the studies, at least, just by telling them, yeah. and, and like there's a video they can watch, but I don't do the video. I just basically tell them, your, your intelligence is not stuck. You, I've been labeled maybe as a certain type of student, but you don't have to accept that label. Right. And um, you just know that you can change. I've seen it, and I give them examples of students who I've totally seen change. Especially, you know, I think it's important for EL students who yeah. feel oftentimes like such failures just because of language. Mm-hmm. And then I see them get to high school, they master English, and they just start kicking ass. Yeah. So fun. I kind of do that too. Like I'll tell my students like, Look, you might be told you're dumb. Like your parents might say yeah. that to you. You might get low scores. You feel like your teachers or schools are telling you that. But our brains are so malleable. Yeah. They're not fixed. Oh. And so you can grow. If you're low, just through perseverance, you know, through your effort, yep. you can improve. Your brain can grow. Your brain can change. Yeah. But anyway. So yes. growth mindset, uh, take it or leave it. But it, everyone should know if you're not in education that it is super big right now. Is that Karen Dweck? Is that her name? Carol. Carol Dweck. Carol Dweck. That could be like the new tagline for her book. (laughs) (laughs) Growth mindset. Take it or leave it. (laughs) I thought you were going to make fun of her name. I just, I'm sorry. You should never make fun of people's names, but Dweck is is awesome. It's a beautiful name. It Dweck, yeah. would be, though. It would be a pejorative. You'd have to. It work. would be. Like, if I was in junior high school, yeah. dude, could be in a Dweck. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Carol. I know you're listening. She's listening. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So, what is your... <laughs> so, this week for my Fred Talk, um, so usually, you know, I, I come and I talk about some Catholic-y kind of a thing. I have my Catholic minute. But I kind of want to talk about how that intersects with um, politics, mm. in particular, the 2020 presidential election. This could be a whole episode. Maybe we can do this next time. But um, with Catholics, we're so divided. Um, usually, with a lot of denominations, they're pretty clear-cut. That's true. They're all conservative yeah. Republicans. Or maybe they're libertarian or something along those lines. Well, Catholics are pretty split. A recent poll said that 37% of Catholics identify as Republican, 44% identify as Democrat, and the difference is split up hmm. with other parties. I would have put it at like... conservative and, you know, 60% liberal. That's very interesting because I think that they're more split than any denomination, but I think the general belief in the general population is Mm -hmm. that Catholics are more liberal Mm -hmm. than conservative, and that's that poll. It's pretty close. And then about 20% are independent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because we have the idea that your faith is joined to works. Mm -hmm. And a lot of non- Catholics are kind of like, faith, don't need works, yeah. if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm, the biggest divide comes in with what it means to be pro-life. So obviously, as Catholics, we teach that you know you can't be supportive of abortion rights, for example. And we have a lot of Democrats running for president, such as Joe Biden, right, who are pro-choice. Who I, was, are, I was wondering, yeah, I couldn't remember his stance on that. And then we have people like... Uh, Pete Buttigieg, he's the mayor of 
Where is he from? I forget. What is Notre Dame in South Bend? South Bend. South Bend. He's like, he looks like he's 14. <laughs> he's so cool. I, 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 I do listen. too. He's better speaker than any of the guys. Oh, he's. Here, in my opinion. So good. Mm-hmm. But here's another guy who's also Christian and, and he's pro choice. So the split is what does it mean to be pro life? Or, or in terms of um, voting, to what extent do you vote according to the abortion issue? Mm. So for me, I would say I'm pro-life. I'm consistent. So yeah, abortion falls under that, under that category, but also like the environment, you know, social welfare, mm-hmm. um, and you know, all these things like education and et cetera, healthcare, for example, would fall under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. The more conservative Catholics would say, nope, just abortion. So for example, you know, you'll find Christians and Catholics alike who will support Trump because Trump says he's pro-life. He right. says he's against abortion. Right. So, therefore, they're going to vote for him. At least now he does. Was he not once? No. Um, he, yeah. He's never been pro-life until right. he ran for president. Right. He kind of had to be. Yeah. Shocking that people don't see that. Or they, they do they don't. just willingly um, ignore that? I think they willingly ignore it. They're like, yeah. well, he says he's pro-life. He says he's against abortion. So, therefore, I'm going to vote for him. Right. They don't care that he, you know, has zero interest in being pro-life. He's just using yeah. that for votes. And he, so that's kind I, of the split. Like to me, though, I gotta say, abortion is like the ultimate splitting issue. Mm-hmm. And if I truly was pro life, I mean, truly pro life, it is human beings that are getting killed. And it's almost like, man, you kind of, if that is true, that there's all these human beings and this, and you, you know, a lot of people who are Catholic and voted for Trump, they totally did it holding their nose because they're pro-life and they, but they're totally um, anti-Trump, but they believe so much. Well, how do you like, how do you square this idea that those are human lives and you, you, you're, you're saving them. So uh, you're totally right. A lot of them will say they're holding their nose. A lot of them don't, actually. Some of them just like, yep, I love Trump. I love what he's saying. I love how he says it. And and that's probably a smaller group, but you do encounter those people online. I would love to know, by the way, what percentage. I'm sorry. I don't know the percentage of that, but I encounter it all the time. That's nutty. But I think what I I encounter online is a small percentage of actual everyday Catholics. They're just the vocal minority on the internet. Right. So I look at it as, and, and the bishops in our country look at it as, Abortion is a huge issue because you are taking the life of unborn um, children. But it is one issue among many. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the environment and climate change, for example, the degradation of our ecosystems, that affects billions of people, mm-hmm. right? Or you look at the lack of health care. How many people die every year because of a lack of health care? Yeah. Or the death penalty, on and on and on. So yeah. you kind of have to balance it out. Gun control. Gun sure. control. There you go. There's another one. Mm-hmm. But and I look at it as... Abortion is already the law of the land, mm-hmm. and I don't see the Supreme Court, no matter how many Republicans are on there, changing that. Yeah. I think it's the law of the land, period. Yeah. I, man, abortion and the whole conservative liberal split in Catholicism is so fascinating because liberals have always had, in the Catholic Church, have mm-hmm. always had to be, let's be honest, they've had to be conflicted. Right? Oh, for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. 
even me who I, I one of the ways that I look at abortion is well if you truly believe it's a human being then you would want um, people who get abortions to be put to death if you believe in let's say the death penalty or at least put in, in prison for life and it's hard for even really staunch pro-lifers to yeah. want a, a person who got an abortion to go to prison for life mm-hmm. another one is like if you're on birth control you're probably, if you're on it for, let's say, 20, 30 years, you're probably going to accidentally abort. And you would, if you're truly pro-life, right. you would never take birth control. Exactly. And and so these, that's what muddies the water for me so right. hard. And that's why, like, I'll say that I'm liberal sometimes, but I don't really identify as liberal. Right. Because, and I'll even talk to my liberal friends, and they'll say, oh, no, you're conservative. Because I don't agree with abortion. Right. And so, like, well, you're not even... I'm, my liberal card is revoked, basically. Right. No, yeah. There, there is um, kind of a... It's like a, a purity test. A purity test, yeah. And that's it for the liberals. The yes. Conservatives have it, and that's it for liberals. So I don't fit any... I'm definitely not conservative, because they yeah. look at me as like a socialist, yeah. right? On the liberals' side, I am not for abortion, so therefore I am yeah. conservative. I totally... Am, and I know we've talked about this, but labels are just useless. They really are. So looking at the presidential election coming up, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of attention paid to, like, what are Catholics going to do? And the recent studies have shown that Hillary Clinton narrowly won the Catholic vote. Shocking. Narrowly won the Catholic Shocking. vote. But she lost the election. So it, people are looking at, well, what, what are Catholics going to do? Are they going to not vote? Are they going to support Joe Biden? Are they going to support Trump? Are they going to find some third party? Is there polling on it? I, don't, I have not seen any polling yet. I, I'm sure there is, and I haven't looked at it yet. I mean, because so. that's huge. I mean, Catholics probably dwarf the second most um, common oh, denomination yeah. in the United States. The second most common denomination. So the number one is Catholic. Number Methodist? two, former Catholic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. That's interesting. It's funny. I wonder what it is, though, as far as denomination. Other denominations yeah, besides not Methodist or Episcopalian, probably. 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 Interesting. Mormon? Is yeah. that a Christian sect? I don't know. We're getting into cults later on. So. Yeah. Uh, that's our next episode. That's the next episode. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's my Fred talk. Just kind, of a, just kind of thinking about the presidential election and where Catholics stand in terms of voting mm. for Trump or one of the Democratic candidates mm. and how abortion plays a role in that. Huge. Uh, can I just go one more mm-hmm. round? Yeah. Buttigieg. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Is he like... Would a person like that who's super thoughtful ever be able to get the nomination? In I don't a, think so. I don't either. Even though he, he checks the, the boxes for everything else, right? I would say he's not really experienced. Okay. He's a mayor. That's the other thing, right? He's, he's a mayor and he's been to war. Right. That's great. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that's like that reaches presidential. People were like slamming Obama for lack of experience and he was a state senator and he was a that's true. senator and you know the federal government. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I think Buttigieg, he has a lot of great things to say and I but I don't see him I can't see anybody and I'm almost sad that that you can't be pro-life as a Democrat and no and ever be nominated that's as even as kind of a pro-choicer but yeah I think 30 percent of Democrats 30 percent of Democrats are pro-life mm-hmm. that's that's interesting yeah but their yeah. voices are dwarfed right oh yeah they have to cower in yeah. the darkness in the corner in the corner oh man yeah All right, so we are so excited to be joined 
by the wonderful Linda Diepenbrock. Let's give her, yeah. Who is retiring after how many years of teaching? 13. So, and wow. how many at El Camino? Nine. Wow. And so, I got to ask you, what was it like coming to El Camino? What, what did this place feel like? Because I like to hear from, you know, somebody who comes from the outside and, and kind of sees our culture here from, from an outsider view. Yeah. It was a relief because at El Camino, everybody is friendly. Yeah, that's awesome. And I have been I had been isolated at the elementary where I worked and isolated at the two junior highs where I worked. So coming here it was a beautiful rainbow. Mm. Oh, that's so cool to hear. Because we like to think we're special here, but it No, you yeah, are. It's cool to hear that. But what I love about Linda is that you came to this site, but then you also were a gathering force, I think. I think it's pretty hard to come into El Camino and be like a main mover. Yeah. And you totally were. You changed a lot. Can we just go over some of the things that, that you changed? For Tell, tell us, what, what was it in the beginning about eating outside? Yeah. Oh, was it at yes. the well, junior I, high? Yes. I desperately wanted to get out and get some air at lunchtime. The vitamin D club. Yes. Totally. And there was nowhere to sit. And I couldn't yeah. stand the staff room. It was all stuffy. Yeah. Right. Back when we had more space even in there. Yeah. Now we're half the size. It was nasty with long tables and dingy. Yeah. And I wanted to be outside and there's lots of trees on the campus. And the weather's beautiful here and too. The weather is beautiful. That's so we right. started, do you remember, we just talked about this. Yeah. We started pull, bringing our own chairs from home and, and we had a wooden yes. table. Oh, yes, we bought oh, yeah. our own chairs. Yeah, well, we sat by the library for a while. Yeah. Yes. This is all you. You're just going to have it. And, and you totally convinced us all, and it was just going to happen. And, and that's like the, one of the best qualities of you is, is when you know something needs to happen. You just make sure it does. Yeah. Well, I try, try. And, like, our health has all improved because you're so health conscious. And but you like, still get McDonald's all the time. I know, but I'm I used very to get worried. it almost every day. Yeah, it's, it's less often now. Yeah. Is it? People oh. are bringing their own lunches? I don't drink as much. Yeah. I don't drink as much soda as I used to. Because. You have a Coke every day. Well, as much. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Coke. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, and also while I'm drinking my Coke, you're staring at me. Yes. I feel guilty. Yes, so. yes I've, I've exactly. tried not to say anything lately, but I, I still see it. Though. Yeah, yeah, you're good about that, though. You're frank. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you. And but then let's we have to tell our audience what happened. You just kept on pressing for a table out there, and yes, we I have did. such a great outdoor sitting area, the Linda Diepenbrock sitting area. Yeah. And so it went from bringing your own chairs, literally rolling a table out of the library, a round table, yep. to now we got these nice what, blue tables that are like cemented into the ground. Yeah, that is pretty weird. nice. With and, that, and we can thank Deanna for that because she spent a lot of time with she the catalog. And, yeah. But it is wonderful. And how oh, many people does it seat? Well, there's two. Yeah. Six. But there's two of them, so 12 yeah. out there. So next year, you've got to encourage Cheryl to go out. Oh, we We've got to, yes. You've got to have one table with an umbrella. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good point. So Good how point. are we going to do that? We'll just do it. I mean, yeah. Deanna's actually already said she's got, like, another umbrella. Yeah. Oh, we and we need that. to take care of that. Look, yeah. I'm talking we, and it won't be we. It'll be us. 
Yeah. And we'll sit out there under the umbrella missing you and reminiscing about you. Yeah. But actually, we're all saying, yeah, we're going to do it. But truly, with that, you do make sure that it does. I'll say I'll do something and then just yeah. maybe well, you we kind of Cheryl off. isn't going to go out without an umbrella. Yeah. She, she. Yeah. But this is what I love about you, Linda, is that you care about other people. Yeah. You're truly interested in kind of their well-being yes. and making sure they're feeling included and Absolutely. part of everything. Absolutely. And so the other thing we got to do is totally make sure that these new teachers that come on campus oh, next right. year, we've yes. got quite a few. So I've got the very, cupboard, and yeah. you've got to tell the new teacher there's a whole cupboard. It's packed full of wonderful things, including awesome. stories they can yeah. understand. Awesome. Because and study sync is too hard. Yeah, it's yeah. lame. But that's the other thing, too. Linda just loves to share to collaborate. Yeah. You have so many great lessons that you've shared with me, with others, with new teachers, and like your color-coded system oh, of yeah. writing well, I've essays. I've seen miracles with that, so you guys have to all use the same colors somehow. My kids all tell me that it's helped tremendously. We're going to, we've already got that, so we already know we're doing that because we worked on that in department meetings. Yeah. yeah. That's a done deal. And then the whole letter thing. And you know what? That would work well for history. The letter thing? Like for what they've read? You find the whole thing with evidence, with topic sentence, mm -hmm. quote sandwich, for history to prove something. Oh, right, That right. would mm -hmm. work so well. Mm -hmm. Now I'm all excited. See, this yeah. is what I'm going to miss is yeah. curriculum. Yeah. You should start your own curriculum company. Oh. There you go. Sell it online. The Linda Diepenbrock Curriculum Company. And then speaking of your passion for learning, you're also the main mover for our EL, which for our audience means English learners. Tell us the impetus for getting those books in the library. Right. Like, you um, went in there one day, and you're like, I had all these kids who didn't have books at their level. Yeah. I was pretty determined, because I realized mm. there was nothing for the low kids that they were interested in. I mean, would he want to read a Mary Poppins book from fifth grade? No. He wants to read something about gangs and... Right. Killing and stuff. So we got it. We yeah. got gangs and killing. We got gangs and killing. Yeah. It's called high interest. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, what was low that? Lex, that's what is it? Low Lexile high interest? No, it's, yes, no that's, it. that's not it. Oh, I think it is. is it, low Lexile high interest. Yeah. Or, or, or the opposite yeah. reverse, yeah. 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 What was that series called? They're called the... Blueford High. Blueford High. Blueford high. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's for like the 500 level. Now that's what's really other ones too. sad about the six period day. You're not going to have be able to have time for kids to listen on tape, and I think that's helped right. a lot mm -hmm. of kids. It has. Totally, oh. I didn't do that this year. Sad to say, but they read my Blueford High. You've got all my Blueford High, mm -hmm. but you're also, and this kind of goes back to what we were discussing earlier. Someone who is very passionate and enthusiastic about what you feel is the right thing to do. Yeah. Like, where does that come from? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it comes from my mother having multiple lovers. Really? How I honestly that, think that, it does. How did, but how does because that Because I watched her all my childhood doing the wrong thing. People can... See, like I had this crazy notion that people can't learn from negative experiences as much as positive, but that's totally not true. Oh, you cool. can be a total good reaction to bad things. Yeah. I was determined not to be like her. I was determined to do the right thing, and it just stuck with me. Clearly. That's amazing. And you are a people person, mm -hmm. a total people person, which is, you know, whenever they um, interview people on their deathbed, they always ask, you know, now what is the one thing you could tell the world that you want? Right. And they say, don't care about things, don't care about possessions, don't care about your work, 
care about people. And I feel like you just fit that to the T. Right. Has that always been like a philosophy of yours or is it just natural? No, I think I've always been drawn to people. Mm. I adore mm. the kids still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. And it, a lot of people will say that you've given them amazing advice or I know, that's about life. odd, isn't it? Yeah, so like you, we had new teachers, and you were kind of with them, their yeah. advisor or their mentor for the yeah. teacher induction program. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned that you had um, predicted that in five years they'd all be married. Oh, did I? Yes, and now they're all married. Actually, yes, that's true. I, I, I told them they would be able to find boyfriends, Deanna, boom, and Luke, too. That's right. You've been yeah. through this huge changing process at El Camino. But you're such a great mentor. And I know, you know, my life's had its up and ups and downs. And you've given me really solid advice, a lot of which I've taken, some of which I should have. But, you know, who is like that for you? Who has given you oh, advice? Yeah. Who's mentored you? Uh, you know, Raymond. Yeah. Raymond's husband. my best friend. He's just so solid. He's mm. so wise. He's so solid. He's, he's a wonderful man. He's a, he's a good musician, too. What, so what are you going to miss most? I mean, you already mentioned the kids. I'm going to miss the staff. Yeah. I'm going to miss you guys. Yeah, we're going to miss you. We have Terribly. such Terribly. really Aww. cool conversations. Yeah. It's always so fun, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all click. Yeah. What's one thing that you, um, what's some advice that you want to leave us? Yeah. At El Camino? Pull people in. Yes. Mm. I'm Pull horrible people. at that. Pull people in. You're such a leader in that regard. Are you good at that, Jose? I don't know. You're better than I am for sure. I'm really bad with the social stuff. Do you stuff. know, I remember... I am I'm a lone wolf, man. I'd sit out my car without you. I remember being so lonely. I think that's why. I don't want anyone to feel what I felt going mm-hmm. into these new schools. It is yeah. the most miserable experience. Mm-hmm. It can be mm-hmm. if people aren't nice to you. Mm-hmm. So I embrace anyone new. Luke said that Luke wrote me a beautiful card. Luke Miller? Yes. He said, he, I was the reason he stayed here, because I told him he needed to, this was the best school, mm-hmm. and I, I knew. Because he'd already been at Festival. Yeah. And I told him that it takes eight years to get the hang of it. Mm-hmm. And that really told him, showed him that he could do it. And he says that to me often. Because mm-hmm. I think because it, I found it so difficult just to be a teacher. I've mm-hmm. just, I had to work so hard at it. My discipline was absolutely terrible. I've had to mm. really pull it together. And I have done. Don't you think it's hard, though, as a petite lady in junior high? With a British accent. Yeah, with a British accent. I mean, especially a lot of our kids, too. They don't treat yeah. their moms right at home. And I think but that, I can, that I've done a pretty... Yeah. I, it just this year. The rest of them have it down. Mm. No, you totally do. I just feel so privileged to be a guy, and, and yes. you know, and and guys. tall too. With yeah. this machismo culture that we're yeah, in. it's ridiculous yeah. that we have yeah. to even deal with that. Yeah. What experiences? So you haven't always been a teacher. No. You were what a nurse, a midwife. Yep, I've been a midwife. How do those experiences maybe help shape you to be a better teacher? I've always taught during nursing. I did Lamar's classes. I loved that. Mm. Breathe. <sighs> And the baby is coming, and you just breathe. Uh-huh. And they all think they're getting like this hundred dollar, two hundred dollar class because you got the British accent. That just adds so much sophistication. It does. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I love that. And I did prenatal classes, so I've mm. always really been a teacher. I've loved the teaching aspect of it. Yeah. I always uh, didn't like the nursing very much. I always thought I was going to kill someone. Why well, is that? Nerve wracking. It was nerve wracking. I, I was never very good at math. 
and I'd add up, I'd be giving people injections through their veins, and oh, dialysis was the worst because oh, mm. you have to take people's blood through a machine and put it right back. It goes through the kidney oh, yeah. machine, right. and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to kill this person. That would be tough. Yeah, this is much less thing. stressful in that way because yeah. you can't really kill someone. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I like that you put really in there. You can't really yeah, kill really. somebody. <laughs> but the kids like to hear about that. I had mm-hmm. one letter that told me that I was a good mentor because I've done other things. And mm-hmm. You've I, had so many kids come back. Yes, I have. You've I had have so many kids come back and yes. tell you how much you've helped them. And you have kids so much... I, I am always so jealous of all these kids that come and tell you. What would the kill kid tell you today? Oh, she stood there in front of the one at the very last yeah, minute. She awful. stood there in front of me and she said, I want to say something to you, Ms. D. She said, it has been an honor to be in your class. Oh, wow. That's good language for an eighth grade yeah. Where did you get that from? <laughs> from her heart. Yeah. Isn't, it, isn't it sometimes amazing, like, which students you affect? Very. Yeah. Like, that happened to me today. I had several students come to me yes. one student today he just got his yearbook i was the first one to sign it like yes. really isn't that funny yes you don't know like no. who's who you're no. touching in a way yeah. you know what i mean yeah. that's metaphorically why, that's why i would recommend to you but i know you i don't think you've d- particularly done it you give the kids the scaffold mm-hmm. for the letter for teacher appreciation oh i did that eventually did i tell you and i bet you got letters no i wouldn't let them write to me but you should I think it's so awesome. I think you should, Joel, let them write to you because you when I did it. it shows you your strengths. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, you need to ask. I got 50 letters this year. Wow. And I didn't ask them to write to me, but it was a very good reinforcer for me. Maybe you mm-hmm. don't need it like I do, but I do need that reinforcement. Mm. And it is just a, a miracle. Mm. And this kid wrote to me? Mm. Holy mo. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. you should. I recommend you do that. Oh, you're not in English. So. I'll be teaching history, but still, I'll still do, do things like that. You yeah. Know? You have been big on pushing reading, oh, yeah. and like you mentioned earlier, you're a bit disappointed that we're not going to have SSR oh, next year. SSR means sustained silent reading with kids. The get reading culture has yeah. gone from this school immediately, and I know that because we have books up here and nobody came for them. Uh, that, that to me, I think. I think. Okay, so I was on the scheduling committee. But I would get there so damn tired. I'm so exhausted at the end of the day. I couldn't fight. Mm. I wish I'd fought for you guys for SSR to keep SSR. I know. I think we'll all miss it, but I I hope you're not going to kick yourself because I think that I already have. I already have. I think that after next year, we'll Mm reevaluate and that might be something that gets put back in. Mm -hmm. I think you should fight for it. Because I think because it's not just the time. Yeah, yeah. It's not just that. Uh It's a culture. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, you've given this a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. That says to me it's important. That's what I'm thinking as a student. Mm -hmm. That says to me to me it's important and it needs to be part of my school day. How did you get so many kids? So Linda is known for getting kids who have never been readers hooked on reading. What was like? What's your your keys? Choice. Choice. Mm is the most powerful thing you have as a teacher, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. It's been proven. And I always say to them at the beginning, you are not allowed to read a book you don't like. Nice. Oh, nice. I love that. Yeah, they like that. I just tell them, if you don't like the book, on your own time, go to the library. Yep. That's bad. 
Is that bad? Yeah. Because they never go. I know. That's true. They're bad at going. I I guess I don't have the reserves to keep on pushing them, pushing them stuff that they don't want to do. Do you want my box? You want my box with all the little? Would you keep cards? The cards? Oh, the yeah, otherwise you're going to lose all out. the books. No, I won't. No, you know me. I won't. Yeah, you, may, you know what, Joel? You could, I think you should set up a computer thing where you scan. I already, them. yeah, I do. I have yeah, that going perfect. on. Perfect. But I don't scan. I just have them type. type perfect. Away, but, okay, so you, you give choice. Choice. One, but I know choice. there's more. I don't look at their Lexon. That's, oh, well. that's huge because then they start I, feeling ina- inadequate. Yeah, there's no Lexon. I don't do um, reading counts. Reading counts because I don't want them to read. I don't want them to read lower books so they can pass a test. Mm-hmm. So I want them to enjoy that book. That's really mm-hmm. important. Was, Otherwise, they're not going to read it. What was the name of that gal that wrote that uh, book that you really latched onto? Oh. I shouldn't have brought that up because we'll edit this out. But that really made a difference too. Because oh yeah, that changed back. my life. Yeah. That changed my life. Yeah, that was amazing. Ah, oh, and Deanna read it too, and it changed her. Hmm. I need. To, I guess I need to read it then. Well, yeah. two, two I'll see if I can that. find that book for you. I would love that. Thank yeah. you. Would you really read it? I. It's a nonfiction. So yes. yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, these are these are all ideas that stem from her, and that I found that work. But you really told me. You know what? When you make them test, they're not reading for the pleasure. They're reading then. For some ulterior motive, you know, which right. is yes. powerful. A grade yes. or something. A grade, right. Yes. And that's not good. Because mm-hmm. everything And then I make them do grades. those letters where they have to find evidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they can't cheat. They have to have read the book. They have to be able to, to do a topic sentence and, and a quote sandwich. It's perfect. Mm. And you could do that in history, too. I know I'm going to be doing that, yeah. Write letters to... I'll do something like write letters to historical figures. Oh, yeah. That's great. Write letters based Fabulous. on some primary document. Yeah, you're going yeah. to be great, Jose. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, what is a memory that you'll take away from El Camino? Because everyone has a memory of you. And yesterday we went around and we all shared. We heard different memories of you. But what's what are some memories that you have of us? I, I'll just... I'll uh, When I think of the lunch bunch... Mm-hmm. I have a warm feeling, mm-hmm. and I love that. I love the comradeship, and mm-hmm. I have to think of specific things. A specific thing would be great. All the sex banter. Oh, yeah. We, we have such fun with that. <laughs> we do. It's well, really well, harmless. Yeah. But you know what I love about this group? In a lot of situations nowadays, 2019, you can't do that. No. And it's so refreshing to have a group of people who are not going to look down their nose at you for having fun, you know, having fun yeah. at lunch. And well, it's it's one of those things where as teachers we can't say certain things. Yeah, we're biting our tongues all day. Yeah. yeah. So at lunch it's like yes. blah, 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 you get it all out, yeah. right? Yeah. It's very juvenile at times. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know if you realize how helpful you've been to me. I don't think you have any idea. Not nearly as helpful as you've been no, to me. I, I don't think but you understand. Joel's the man. Yes. <laughs> I mean, collaborating with you Ooh, is like magic. Awesome. Yeah, we, for everybody, we had prep together, and I never collaborated at all until Linda just came and she just got this idea. I want to bounce it off you. And so we would get together every, almost mm-hmm. every day during yeah. prep, and it made my teaching so much better, and I was so much more enthusiastic because I wanted to employ all these ideas that we'd, we'd yeah. come up with. And I really need to talk about things that I have in my head to sort it out, and I don't know the chemistry was right between us. And actually, when I started, and even now, I get afraid that I'm not going to be able to do it. And you've always made it where I could do it. Mm. 
Cool, thank you. I feel so honored You've been to such a, from you. Such a stable, encouraging influence in my life here. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start to easy, cry. Easy, easy, easy. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I've already told you that I was never... You are also... We keep on going round and round about reading, but we should really also be concentrating on writing. And we kind of gloat online about El Camino scores. Oh, yes. Kicking the tail. I shouldn't be so blunt but really doing better than other schools. And yeah. those schools are better socioeconomic than we are. Mm-hmm. And we were several points higher than them, yeah. and I think that has to do with you. I was yeah. never a good writing teacher until you came along. But with us talking, you said, no, we got to break this down into steps, and yeah. I never did that. And and now we color code, We and you both, and Jose, you always insisted on this too. You make them follow a script. You, mm-hmm. the, our writing here at El Camino is scripted, and a lot of English teachers, definitely me, pushed against that hard because I can't stand chaining them, but it's so helpful to them, and you help me so much with that. Well, the reason why is that I struggled terribly with all this. Mm-hmm. I, was never, I was never there at school. I missed a bunch of schooling. I mm. left when I was like 15. Mm. I never got the writing experience. I was hopeless. So... F- I did it as well for me to be able to teach them, and yeah. I think that's why it was so successful. That, that's such an insight on teaching, isn't it? Yeah. That we're like, when yeah. we have to struggle with something, we can be such a better teacher. I think yeah. that I'm not a good teacher on stuff I'm really good at. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, I think I've, we all have had those math teachers, not oh, to yeah. write on math teachers, but who are super good at math, yeah. and they just are in their own world explaining math, and you're sitting there like, what, what the hell are you talking yeah. about? Right? So I think there's truth in that. Yeah. When you struggle with something, you're a better teacher yeah, at definitely. it, and you actually definitely. learn more mm-hmm. from that experience. And that's why I love that we, as teachers, make, well, good teachers anyway, will make their students struggle. Mm-hmm. Because that's it's in the struggle where they learn. Yeah. And if it's too easy for them, if there's no challenge, they're not learning anything. And, you know, you might think that having a script, having a scaffold for them is too easy for the higher students. But actually, it turns out Mm -hmm. they don't even use it. They'll use it as a guide and then they'll just, they just free flow. Yeah. And so it's all good all the way around. Mm -hmm. I never see those high kids are the ones that I was worried about. And you're so right. They actually take that and they just go a couple levels. Levels higher than they that. fly with it. Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, we have to remember that our students aren't college level writers. Mm-hmm. They need the structure so that later on exactly. they can be yes. freer with their writing. Exactly. I did have a senior write to me mm-hmm. and tell me that it, she felt it was because of me that she had got into the higher writing. Mm, that's a good. senior. Uh-huh. Man. College writing prep is yeah. called something like a higher class. But See, when you're in college, you got no time. When you're in high school, you got no time. You imagine, can you imagine that you made such an impact that they actually stop all this stuff that they're going on in their life to actually write you? It's pretty shocking. I mean, I don't get that. That's that's awesome. It is. And and Jose, you. Oh, no. You you are a force. You are (laughs) a force. You have been one of the funnest people that I've ever met. I'm totally humbled. I don't. (laughs) You, you have, and you're brilliant too. And you've always helped me with technology. You, you've always helped me. You've always been there for me. Well, I love you, Linda. That's why. And I will help oh you with anything. I'm going to cry. So, I already oh. cried the other day, so I'm crying. I'm glad that just <laughs> every morning. But we'll get you back a lot. Yes. 
Come back. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? I do want to ask about England a little bit more because oh. I love that you're English. We're both kind of Anglophiles, especially Jose. And what does... First of all, okay, how does the education system in the United States compare to mm. English education? Well, well, apparently I learned nothing when well, I was at school. You, you couldn't be the, the, the typical student there, could you? Do they you know, I have to say, okay, so I have two nephews, and I went home and I helped one of them study for the biology. It was an a, It's called an A-level. They take mm-hmm. O-levels and A-levels, and he was studying for his biology A-level. In high school, it's high school, Mm. the end of high school. Mm -hmm. And it was unbelievably hard. Wow. Unbelievable. He said he's never had anything so hard since, and he went to university and got a degree. Wow. So I think the high schools are pretty pretty rigorous. Pretty rigorous. That's good. And recently we got rid of a test that the high schoolers had to pass. Oh, the Casey? Yeah, the Casey. Not the, is it the Casey? The California High School exit. Yeah, it is Casey, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a tough call. Um, what have you learned? Also, Linda is a huge world traveler oh, yeah. through world traveling, and and you went. Tell the audience like you went across Europe and Asia at the mm-hmm. age of what? I was twenty one. Twenty one. I, I finished my nursing, and I had this goal. I'm very goal oriented. Mm. I had a goal to see the Taj Mahal. Mm. Wow. I was determined. Yeah. So I had a girlfriend, and we both bought tickets for this bus, mm-hmm. this red double-decker bus to go from Paris. It went from Paris to Nepal, all through Europe, Asia, and on. And at the last minute, I think it was about a week before, she said that her boyfriend had given her an ultimatum. He, she could go with me, and he'd leave, or she could marry him, and she chose to marry him. Mm-hmm. So there I was with my ticket. Uh-huh. It cost 300 pounds, which is what? 700 bucks for three months. Food, travel, wow. everything. That's a good deal, actually. It's well, amazing. It's amazing, but that was yeah. a long time ago. You forget how old I am. Did it turn out to be good that she didn't come along, or bad that she didn't come along? Probably both, huh? Probably both, but, yeah. uh, but it didn't matter. I was determined. And I got on that bus by myself. Mm-hmm. And wow. I went all by myself to India. And it was an amazing experience. Oh, wow. Amazing. Wow. Just remind all those people when they give you any grief, we used to be your masters. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and um, then but you I went got, to Taj Mahal, I went though. To, oh, yes. I saw the Taj Mahal. I, I, um, I got to Nepal, and I, I was passionate about India. Uh-huh. And so I flew back to India, and I took the train down to see this family that I had nursed. Wow. Oh, wow. They all paid for their little boy to have heart surgery, and oh. I nursed him. Uh-huh. And they asked, they invited me to their house. Absolutely. And I took the train down, and I went. It was by Bombay, mm-hmm. and I stayed with them for a while. Wow. And then I met this Dutch man. We didn't date or anything, but we traveled together, and we went all over India. Wow. And I spent another Fun. three months traveling. Wow. Such yeah. a great country, I assume. I mean, I've And then I came back and I was I, I was itchy, you know, I wanted to go again and I went from one end of Canada to the other on a bus all by myself. Oh, wow. Wow. Because yeah. I had a boyfriend and relatives lived on the East Coast and the West Coast of Canada, so I mm-hmm. did that. Yeah, I'm pretty wow. well traveled. Yes. I'm impressed. I'm jealous. Ah. Mm-hmm. So you've seen a lot of the world. Mm-hmm. More yeah. so than oh, your average yes. American. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I've seen a, a lot. 
But I'm very happy in my whoosh now. It's very strange. I saw Deanna's little call for prayer. Yeah, yeah. And I have no desire to go. No desire to go to Morocco. There's only certain places now that I are on my bucket list. You don't want to have a Moroccan good time? No. (laughs) You don't want a Moroccan good time? No, it's weird how you channel. Well, I don't know, actually. Maybe this is just me. Mm but I've channeled what I want to do. It's sl- it's slimmed down. Yeah. And I'm actually yeah. much more happier just in my little camper and a bunch mm-hmm. of flowers. What a great place to be in your life. Because yeah. I'm not there. I want to get there where I'm yeah. like not itching to go all these places in the world did and do you all these know, things. Did you know that you can take a sabbatical for a year? I did. Yeah. But that's hard to do. Why? You don't get because paid. Because of money, yeah. yeah. You're, pay- you're spending all this money in these far off places not much if you go to that's true and you can make money while you're there too absolutely so I want you to think about that I will yeah we're almost done with our kid so here we go and the last question wrap up here oh you remembered it yes I did thank you that's very clever (laughs) well it's you kind of answered it but what do you plan on doing with your retirement years here of course yeah traveling it sounds like I'm thrilled to go and spend time with my brother I think I told you that Mm -hmm. yeah in your brother is in England. What I'm, what city? He's Just in a place Canada. called Bridge North. Okay. I went to the bookstore the other day. Opened the book uh, on beautiful villages, and there was his oh, oh, village in this big book. Oh, how beautiful! And I'm very excited to spend more time being able to be in my house because it's such a wreck right now. <laughs> it's always such a wreck mm-hmm. through the year, isn't it? You don't have time yeah. to do anything, and I want to make it nice and. Mm. I just want to be calm and listen to the birds and walk mm. and spend time just living where I'm not frantically trying to grade papers yeah. Yeah. and walk and go to my exercise class. Mm-hmm. And soak in the jacuzzi. And soak in oh, the jacuzzi. Yes. That sounds and good. camp in the whoosh. Yes. Whoosh is, by the way, a camper. Yeah, yes. you camper. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, we love you, Linda. We're going to miss you. Give me a hug. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and I'm going to miss, actually, mm, having tea with you. Yeah. I am going to miss. Our banter. Yes. Well, we're going to, we're not so going to miss much. it too much no. because you're going to come along. I yeah. will. I'll so, make you all. Come. You liked my salad. Didn't I you? loved it. We ate so it So I'm going to oh, come amazing. early. Whoever has the prep before lunch can let me in and I will put, I will make lunch for us. Wow. Sweet. That's amazing. And you're going to let us pay for that ah, too. No. Yes. No, and we'll it'll FaceTime all be you. farm stuff, fresh farm That's stuff. Nice. Do you like shrimp? I love shrimp. Oh, of course. Okay, so I'll do a little shrimp dish, which will be Ooh, your protein. Cocktail. Wow. Yeah. That sounds good. Thank you. I can't wait. Thank you, Linda. <laughs> oh, wait. She's a good friend. Sad crew 
Cause we already miss her We're sad Cause she's trying to be gone Now she's free So as we wrap up the show, it was so wonderful being able to interview Linda. We miss her a lot. But as we wrap up, we like to talk about something we read or we watched or listened to. What are you listening to or watching or reading this, this week, Joel? I watched, I mean, I read an article uh, from the New Yorker the other day, and they often give movie and TV show reviews, and a gal reviewed a very sort of obscure TV show called Letter Kenny. Huh. Very quirky. So if you are into quirkiness, this show is absolutely for you. Although it's kind of like the dialogue is just one after the other and super fast. So it took me a while to for my brain to get <laughs> quick enough to follow these guys. but And they all talk in very monotone, quick, um, uh, basically um, dialogue. And it's in Ontario, Canada, and it basically follows about four groups in a rural Canada. Um, the main groups are the Hicks. Mm. Um, the second most popular groups are the Natives. And then you've got a group of what they call, I think it, they're, they're called the Greasers, or the, uh, they're basically meth heads. And then you've got um, the hockey players. And man, it just cracks me up, and it's just so quirky. The only problem is it's on Hulu, so uh, you 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 could theoretically find it without paying. <laughs> I have Hulu Live, so I oh, pay okay. twenty bucks a month for it. Oh, you are so stoked! Uh, if I'll you want to check it out, but um, everybody else. You just check out um, clips because it started on YouTube, uh -huh. and I just love it. I, I, wow. I just love it. Anyway. Isn't that what cool? It goes from like yeah. YouTube to like 
Yeah. Big time Hulu. That's, that is where I think we're going wow. as a nation because then the real cream of the crop rises because mm-hmm. there's probably some guy in some podunk town in the United States creating amazing, amazing content. That yeah. person's going to find an audience now. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, that's how Justin Bieber got started. What? He had a YouTube channel. No. Yeah, and then just exploded. Became Are you superstar. joking? Totally serious. Whoa. Yeah. But I have I have Hulu Live. I pay 25 bucks a month. So I have Netflix and Hulu. You're stoked. And I have Amazon. But I don't need cable. I have, all, I have no. those three things. It covers everything I could yeah. possibly want. I heard something like every second or every minute, uh, like a thousand, I can't remember what the statistic is, but it's like a thousand customers leave cable. <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's just, it it's, there's a mass exodus happening right now. Yeah. Parting the waters. Yes. That's yeah, funny. So this week. Yeah. What are you I'm, reading, watching, listening to? I, I've been watching on um, YouTube. Uh, this, so I, I think I mentioned before, I listen to or watch or read content from America Magazine. Oh, yeah. America Media. The most popular Catholic magazine, right? Yeah. One of the most, for sure. And um, they have a new series on their YouTube channel called Jesuit Autocomplete. Oh. And so there are two Jesuit priests, Eric Sundrup and Father, well, Father Eric Sundrup and Father Petty Gilger. And they, every week, what they do, have you heard of Autocomplete? No. Okay. So they do like the Jesuit autocomplete. What is so autocomplete? So they will basically... Finish sentences for each other? Finish. Well, they'll, they'll answer questions. You know how when you go to Google and you start to type in something mm-hmm. and then Google will give you autocomplete right. responses. And sometimes it's hilarious. Yes. And that's what they do. Oh, wow. So like their first couple episodes was, does Pope Francis... <laughs> and then it was a whole bunch of autocomplete oh, responses. My. Yeah. And they go through and they answer all the autocomplete questions but legit or in a funny way a legit way but sometimes the questions are funny okay yeah because it's google's algorithm or whatever right right where they finished your question for you do they actually look at the different ways that oh that is so like yeah. they cover all the they type in the first part so like it's that's actually okay. a really interesting way of doing it because those um finishings yeah are all legit like from you know algorithms online yeah so it's basically how many people actually ask those questions cool and those are the top right five right you know responses or whatever yeah. and so they cover them up and they go like is pope francis and they peel tape off a communist or they peel off does Pope Francis, they peel the tape off believe in hell. Yeah. Or you know, and, and then Oh and I'm all every over that. and so every week they have a new episode where they like so this week it was do Jesuits dot dot dot, right? Yeah. It's like do Jesuits believe in communism? Like are Jesuits Catholic? And so they answer all these auto they don't they have no idea what the questions are. Yeah. Like whoever the producer is or whatever, they prepare the Autocomplete. Yeah, you know. they're obviously um, well read, and they can they take things. Spawn. It's that, hilarious. That is such a great idea because those are going to be the most popular queries for a certain subject. Yeah, Jesuit autocomplete. It's on YouTube, American Media. So these guys are fairly liberal, I assume, or are they, they get, all over the map? They're they're decried as liberal, but Jesuits right. I think typically are more scientific. Like, they're very educated, logical. scientific, logical. Mm-hmm. They're also social justice oriented. Right, right. So I think the more conservative Catholics would consider them liberal. Right. That'd yeah. be fair to say, I guess. I love them. We've so. said that we both love them so much. If I were a priest, I think, I'd be Jesuit. I mean, I think they really have changed the world. 
I mean, for they really sure. have. <laughs> well, that's documented. Yeah. And Pope Francis is the most famous Jesuit. Has there been a Jesuit before Pope Francis? He was the first. Is that right? That's yeah. almost wrong. That's really bad. Yeah. Well, the Jesuits and the popes have had some bad blood. Sure. Yeah. Because popes before him have not been willing to change as much as they maybe they should have. Yeah. Yeah. So, very cool. Cool show. Check it out. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us on our humble little podcast. You can do us a huge favor by subscribing to our show wherever you listen to podcasts, such as Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes. And be sure to rate our show and leave a review. Your rating will help others find the show. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation on Tap. And thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Cheers. All right, cheers. The shot classes. Ah, different sound. Yeah, I miss you, Linda. Yeah. Have fun in Europe. That's right.